0: i am on hard. He can't take me. I'ma cross over and break your ankles. I'ma highlight. Now watch me shine. Watch me shine. Watch me shine.
1: What would you do if it happened to you? If by your own doing you left your loved ones behind, they're knowing that you could have done something to stop it, if only you had taken a few simple steps, what would you do? This is Full Court Press, a plain call to African-American men to play a more proactive role in their own health care. It is the intent of this program to keep you in the game. Hi, I'm Terrence Afri-Anderson. Welcome to this very special edition of Health Watch. No pun intended, but we're shooting outside of the studio today for this special edition of Health Watch because we have an important message to deliver. Honestly, we want to take it to you. If you are an African-American male, grab a seat and watch this show. If you have an African-American husband, father, brother, cousin, or male friend, I encourage you to do the same. This is truly a special edition of Health Watch and I entreat you to pay close attention. Sitting next to me now is Dr. Howard Duncan, Chair of the Department of Biology and Professor at Norfolk State University and an Adjunct Professor at the Eastern Virginia Medical School, Department of Immunology and Cellular Biology. Um, Dr. Duncan, you are an expert on uh, health disparities and uh, minority health. We put some pretty alarming statistics up on the screen earlier. Uh, what can
2: you tell us about these disparities? What do these kind of disparities exist? Well, it's an interesting combination of genetics and socioeconomic. Uh, there does seem to be a propensity for uh, African-American men genetically to be more prone to prostate cancer. But among those things, there are also insurance factors, uh, there are also lifestyle factors, and they all come into play.
1: Now, how does where someone lives, their residence, what kind of role does that play in health disparities?
2: Well, it's very interesting that the statistics for the state of Virginia are just a little bit above those nationally if someone does have good access to care, and we take for granted things like transportation uh, and insurances, et cetera, they may not be, be true, and that could cause greater mortality and um, greater incidents.
1: So what do we do to address these health disparities?
2: Well, what we can do is to have organizations uh, locally, uh, some that are national, like the American Cancer Society, for example, and there are um, resources where you can get a ride. There are screenings that are free. Uh, September is national prostate cancer awareness month and you can get your test for free.
1: Now, let's make it very real. These these guys that are out here playing ball today, uh, with looking at the statistical uh, disparities with African-American and prostate cancer, could you tell us, could you just give us some approximation of what percentage of these guys are likely to come down with prostate cancer?
2: Well, there's a chance that one in six of these young men will come down with prostate cancer. One in six. But the good thing is is that we have youth out here. And that's very important. These are not only the patients uh, of the future, but they're also the volunteers. They're also the healthcare workers. And they can be educated when they're young. And then when they're older, they can um, be diagnosed at an earlier stage. And that's always beneficial.
1: Well, you know, I've asked everybody that I've talked to today about this game uh, who do you think will win? Well, who do you bank
2: on? You can't beat old school, buddy. (laughs) How
1: about (laughs) it? I'm with you. Thank you very much. Sure. If that little exercise in reality wasn't enough for you, let me share a personal perspective. 2010 has proved quite a profound year for me. One of my plays was produced in Las Vegas, and I've marked some nine years now, writing, producing, and hosting Health Watch. But if you haven't heard by now, the year had a most inauspicious beginning for me. On January 5th, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Have no fear, I'm fine now. I've already had a surgical procedure performed, and I have a very good prognosis, and we got to it in time. An important note to make, but once I began researching prostate cancer and learned the way that it disproportionately impacts African American men, and especially the myths and misinformation about prostate cancer, I knew I needed to do more. And immediately I got the full support of the Norfolk Neighborhood Network, the Norfolk Department of Public Health the City of Norfolk Office of Communications and the Good People at WHRO TV, as well as the American Cancer Society South South Atlantic Division. We all agreed that when it came to the disproportionate health disparities adversely impacting African-American men, we needed to stage a full court press to get the word out on the importance of routine health screenings, early detection, having good credible information, and living a healthy lifestyle. Consider this, African-American men are the greatest risk of developing prostate cancer than any other racial group. Prostate cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death among African-American men. Black men die from the disease at twice the rate of white men. 31,500 men will die from prostate cancer this year, a statistic that disproportionately impacts African-American men. This special edition of Health Watch will feature interviews with other people who have been diagnosed with prostate cancer people who have a family history of the disease, as well as physicians who will provide us with critically important clinical information. When it comes to helping you make good decisions together, we are going to make a slam dunk. But first, let me tell you a little bit about our basketball game today. If you hadn't noticed, it's old school versus new school. That's old school, the guys in the shirts, and new school, the young bloods, the guys that are playing in skids. We have some old heads age 40 and over and who have some skills and are seasoned in the art of living, though they may not have the speed and quickness of the younger players. And we have the young bloods, aged 21 to 39, energetic, fast, rash, and both enthusiastic and expectant about what lies ahead in the game of life. But let's spend a few moments watching the game. So, Kevin, what do you think of the game? I think the old school will prevail
2: today. Really? Oh, yes. Tell me something. When were you first diagnosed? June 2nd, 2004.
1: And what were your very first thoughts?
2: Well, I didn't think I would actually have prostate cancer, but I realized that there was going to be an awareness that I needed to be screened often. Now, you have a family history
1: of prostate cancer, don't you? Yes. Why don't you tell us about that?
2: Well, my grandfather was diagnosed with prostate cancer years ago, and I couldn't tell you what year it was, but uh, my dad and his uh, older brother was diagnosed in the years of 1995 and 1999. And then here in 2004, I was diagnosed with the same thing.
1: And how old were you when you were diagnosed? 38 years uh, old. I think that's important that we should mention that. Yes. Um, I want to ask you one other question. Uh, medically speaking, what is the, the greatest lesson that you learned from that uh, your experience with uh, prostate cancer? The cancer?
2: importance of being getting our family, not only the family history, but the fact that we need to be screened often as possible, at least annually.
1: Well, you know, I want to thank you. You've heard me say this a lot. When it came to my own uh, cancer, you proved to be a big brother to me, and I really thank appreciate you. that. Thank you You're welcome, bro. All right, let's get right. back to the rest
0: of the game. All righty, go old school.
1: Yes. Now you know some of you men out there would be surprised to hear this, but the lady sitting to my left now, this beautiful lady sitting to my left now, is my attending physician. This is Dr. Angela Mercer. Uh, it's, uh, it's important when you, uh, have, when you deal with your health care that you have someone that you trust. Angela and I have known each other since 19 and <laughs> <laughs> we went to high school together and uh, I absolutely do trust her. Uh, Angela, thank you for coming out. Mm-hmm. And what do you think of the game? Are you enjoying the game? Oh,
0: I'm enjoying the game. Yes, yes, good, good, good. Good. good to see old schoolers and new schoolers, young, How about young blood. And
1: and the uh, the old school, of course, are going to win. Oh, well,
0: that's right. they yeah.
1: know. Uh, you know, I I like to talk about something. I like to start off talking about something that's critically important when it comes to African American men and, and being treated for prostate cancer. There's a lot of anxiety that men have about prostate cancer, and an anxiety a good portion of it that is completely unfounded. Um, Why do you think that men, particularly African-American men, resist going to the doctor?
0: I think African-American men are afraid of what the doctor may find. Hmm. Uh, Specifically for their prostate health, there is an examination that we have to do that I think most men know, and I call it the finger wave. (laughs) And I think they're very hesitant about coming to have that done. But,
1: uh, so you think that a lot of the uh, their reluctance is predicated upon just the actual uh, the, the, the treatment?
0: Right. Yeah. I think uh, Yes, I think that they know that they should have the screens done. Mm-hmm. And uh, one role with a female is to encourage the males to uh, come for the screens. But I think the examination is just the thing that makes them very fearful. And the possibility of finding uh, something that they don't want to hear about.
1: So how can women encourage their men to go and get tested?
0: Well, they really have to insist and just uh, make up doctor's appointments for the men to come so and let's help just their make screen. make their appointments themselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. And accompany them and have, um, have their screens done and have complete physical examinations done on a regular basis. Mm-hmm it uh, doesn't mean that, that the disease will be found or a disease will be found, but it is always a good idea to come, it's, especially when you get to be a certain age, you need to have the, you know, the tubes checked and the oils checked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, those are terms that, uh, metaphors men from that may <laughs> exactly. yeah. Um So, when um, uh, when someone, there is some suspicion that they might have prostate cancer, what are the tests that are done?
0: The are two basic tests that we do. One is called the digital rectal exam, which I alluded to before. Mm-hmm. The physician uses his finger to, after being gloves, go up the rectum and feel the prostate. Okay. The second test is called a PSA level, or prostate-specific antigen level, mm-hmm. and that's a blood test. And We okay. do that um, on all males in general, I think over 40 years of age should have that done, as well as the digital rectal exam.
1: I see. I see. Uh, and at what point should someone be referred to a urologist?
0: Well, if on the examination, the doctor finds that there are nodules, if there are places that are hard, or mm-hmm. uh, if it's, uh, the prostate feels enlarged, then mm-hmm. the patient should be sent to the urologist. Or if we have on an elevated PSA, a prostate-specific antigen right. level, then the patient should be referred to the urologist.
1: Now you know I had some difficulty funding uh, an African-American urologist for mm-hmm. this, uh, this program mm-hmm. today. Um, why do you think there's a shortage of, of, of doctors, what can we do to address the shortage of doctors? Well uh, may- they're,
0: they're in general there's a shortage of African-American males uh-huh. in medical school and therefore in doctors in, in general. And there's a lot of socioeconomic reasons why that, uh, that occurs. We do have females that are urologists now as well. Right. And um, I think males, when, when the males come in to see me, they always say that they're glad my fingers are smaller than the males' <laughs> fingers. Okay.
1: Well, look, I want to thank you so very much for coming out and watching this game today. Uh, and so you think that the old school was going to The old school is going to win, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Okay. I do appreciate it. You're welcome. While the ball players are taking a break, we thought it would be a good idea to introduce them to Charlie Hill, a founding member and the first president of the Hampton Roads Prostate Health Forum.
3: Gentlemen, thank you for the opportunity to talk with you about a subject that's very important to me. It's called prostate cancer. The reason that it is important to me is that I am living with prostate cancer. And I emphasize that I am living with prostate cancer. Uh, The significance of prostate cancer is that uh, the cancer starts in the prostate gland and it can grow outside of the gland. The real challenge for all of us who are faced with prostate cancer is that there are two kinds of cancer. One that may be described like a domesticated puppy. The other is like a raging wolf. The problem is you don't know which one you have until it's detected. And one of the things that I wanted to share with you today is that the highest risk group in the world for prostate cancer is African American men. The highest risk group is African American men. One of the things we'd like for you to do is be aware of that and begin to think about learning more about prostate cancer and what you can do to protect yourself. The first thing you can do is understand more about how the prostate gland impacts your life and how it can be treated if, in fact, you have an enlarged prostate or worse prostate cancer. The thing that I'd like to also emphasize to you is early stage prostate cancer does not have any symptoms. So if you are sitting around waiting to have a symptom, you may be waiting too late and may be putting yourself in jeopardy. I emphasize early stage prostate cancer does not have any symptoms. The other part of the message that I want you to really embrace is when you are treated for prostate cancer, you have to be very careful in selecting those persons who work with you. Uh, It is important that you, the man, be treated as well as the disease. Oftentimes, the disease is treated and not the man. It's important to treat the man and the disease. The significance of that is prostate cancer can impact you very personally. It can impact your sex life needlessly. So what we'd like to emphasize is that please be very careful and very selective in who you choose to work with you and understand that early detection is absolutely critical. You've heard from others perhaps and you've read in the media that there are, there are tests. There's a PSA test and there is a digital rectal exam. We encourage that both be perform in order to give you some greater chance of early detection. Uh, on a regular scheduled basis, you should uh, consider early uh, early detection uh, protocol. Now, the question that I would normally want to ask, but I'll just simply share with you in the interest of time because I know you want to get back to the game, is if you are 40 years old, you chances are you are at least to consider a baseline. If you have family history, And since I'm looking at you, you're all African American, I would simply say family history, being African American and 40 years old is critical, uh, a critical wake up call for you to consider seeing a doctor. If you are not of that age at this point, but you have brothers and fathers and uncles and friends, please be sure that they understand how important it is to start thinking about prostate cancer awareness and how it can be treated.
1: We're going to save the rest of what Charlie shared with the old school and young blood ball players for a little later on in our program. I promise you'll find this particular part of his discussion an eye-opening experience. But first, we're going to take a momentary pause from our full court press on prostate cancer awareness. Stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side of the break. now would be a good time to bring an oncologist into the picture when someone is diagnosed with prostate cancer it generally is a team that takes care of them a urologist and an oncologist as well as their attending physician I'm very delighted to have uh, join me now Dr. Mark Fleming of Virginia Oncology Associates thank I you don't. sir how are you doing? pretty good you enjoying the game? I am,
4: good, good
1: game good. i got a question for you um, with uh, when someone is diagnosed with prostate cancer, they get a Gleason score, mm-hmm. okay, and they're also given a, uh, a level of cancer, uh, which defines the stage of cancer that they have. Can you tell us a little bit about the Gleason score and the uh, the T levels?
4: Yeah, so the Gleason score is a is a guide that lets us know the level of aggressiveness of the prostate cancer. It's a number between one and five, uh, one being the least aggressive, five being the most aggressive. And we don't typically call anything less than three prostate cancer. Um, The analogy I give is, you might be driving down the highway and you're going 56 miles per hour, you're technically speeding, but no one pulls you over. So that's why the one and two are there. Gleason 3 disease, then we take the, um, there can be different types of um, um, population of cancer cells under the microscope, and so we give the first two most common populations, so it's a a combined score of four plus three would be a Gleason 7. And that suggests how aggressive the disease is gleason eight nine or ten is what we call high-risk disease and that will prompt doctors to say what treatments you can or cannot have
1: now there's a difference between a four and a three and a three and a four right because i got three and a four and that's a a lower end of the
4: Yeah. so uh, gleason gleason three plus three six is the probably the the lowest scale of cancer that we see in prostate cancer and we call that good risk disease and when people have good risk disease they really have all of the potential options that there are and uh-huh. someone has more aggressive disease we might steer them away from um, options because they're just not um, they're just not going to get rid of the disease.
1: Alright so let's talk about the options let's talk about uh, treatments what are the treatments for prostate cancer?
4: So for local disease if the goal is for cure there can be uh, there are several types there's radiation in general um, um, there's surgery um, there's also some newer therapies called cryotherapy, which is like a freezing of the prostate, and uh, some in other countries they have high foo. Um, um, but for radiation, there are many subtypes of radiation. There's brachytherapy, which is seed placement, right. um, external beam radiation therapy, which traditional electron uh, beam, and some newer uh, techniques with proton beam machine
1: tell us about some of the myths because i know that's one of the reasons that uh, that impacts uh, some african-americans are going to get their, their cancer treated can you share some of those, the, what you've heard of some of the myths about prostate cancer
4: well most of the myths are about why did i get it i hear a lot of times you know if i've had a a, a of sexual history people think that might that might lead to it Um there's some myths about you know was this man made there's myths about you know the um, the side effects of treatment. And I usually say, you know, I like to hear the myths and try to dispel them because most of them are inaccurate.
1: Now, you, you know, of course, uh, that uh, at the age of 40, that's when men, uh, traditionally men, should be again uh, tested for uh, prostate cancer. So today we have the old school basketball players against the young bloods. Uh, you're a younger man. Who, who do you think is going to win this game?
4: Uh, definitely the, uh, the young bloods. <laughs> no question.
1: How did I know you were going to say yes. that? I want to thank you so very much. Thank sir. you so much. Now would be a good time to slip back in on the rest of the discussion Charlie Hill had with the ballplayers during their break. He's beginning to get some questions.
3: We are fortunate to live here in this region because we have some of the best sources of prostate cancer diagnoses and treatment. So I emphasize uh, at one time when I was diagnosed in 2002, I had to leave this area to be treated. I don't, you don't have to leave this area now to get first class treatment for prostate cancer. Are there any questions? Yes, sir. What is the youngest age <laughs> you can get prostate cancer? I'm, I am aware of one young man who's in, the, in the, uh, at the game today who was 38 years old when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I am not personally aware of uh, men younger than 38. I suspect there may be a few. Uh, but typically, uh, 40 is a great cutoff point to start focusing very closely on that. Yes, sir? Without some
2: of the symptoms?
3: There are no symptoms. I'm glad you asked the question, CJ. There are no symptoms for early stage localized prostate cancer. And that's one of the dangerous aspects of the cancer. There are no symptoms. When you start having symptoms, generally you may have a problem. Now, the symptoms that people oftentimes refer to can be related to just an enlarged prostate, not necessarily prostate cancer, but who wants to take that chance? I mentioned earlier, prostate cancer comes in two flavors, a domesticated puppy that probably won't kill you or the raging wolf. We don't really know yet which which of those uh, animals are coming into your life until it's advanced. So the, the safest thing to do, the smartest thing to do is to be prepared and have the early exams on a regular basis in order to identify that which you can protect yourself with. Being aware, it's really like a full court press. The full court press really is, you have to be aware of what the conditions are that may lead to prostate cancer, what to do in the event you have prostate cancer, and how to live with prostate cancer. And I open up my comments uh, saying that I'm living with prostate cancer. I'm proud to say to you that I'm living with prostate cancer. 10 years ago, someone who was diagnosed with my same diagnosis, diagnosis would have been dead by now. And that's the, that's the great story that, I, that I'm here to share with you. And I know you're trying to get back to the game, so unless there's another question... Yes, sir? How can it impact your sexual life? Uh, the treatment modalities, most of them will result in damage to the nerves that may cause you to have an erection. And that is something that, that you really want to avoid if you can. Okay? Now, worst, worst case scenario, even in, 2000, in, in 2010, should that be your fate, the great news is you, you simply don't have to live without intimacy. Uh, there are techniques and there are procedures now that can even overcome that, that difficulty. So it's a, if you're going to have prostate cancer, this is probably one of the better times to have it because the worst case scenario dying uh, is, not, uh, is not something that has to happen automatically and you don't have to give up on sex.
1: guys are having a really good time of it, aren't they? I only wish that some of them knew as much about their risk of prostate cancer as they do about basketball, as much as you do now. But you can rest assured, we're going to fix that. In just a moment, we're going to find out who won the game, the old heads or the young bloods. But everybody's a winner today, and you can help us make sure of that. If you are an African-American male, take it to the court in your own health care. Please don't be sidelined by serious illness that could have been caught earlier if you had made it to the pros, that is, joining the ranks of men who play a proactive role in their health care. Get your health screenings when they are due and get them done on a regular schedule. If you have an African-American husband, father, brother, cousin, or male friend, please do your job too. Let him know how important he is to you, encourage him to stay in the game. Speaking of the game, let's find out now who won. I bet on the old heads, how about you?
0: We all did. Hey. Hey.
4: Hey. Hey. Oh, really, now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. We all won today, man. Yep. And
3: how's that? Because when it comes to battling prostate cancer, we're all launching a full court press.